Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 91 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, but not so in this case, it's rehearsal, to meet the people that make that theater happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcast streaming services, so go back and fill your boots. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, please rate and review the podcast to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. Uh, thanks for sticking around, guys. Uh, we've had a little summer hiatus um, over the month of July, but it's the first week of Edinburgh, and for those of you up there, we figure you may just need something to relax uh, to after a long day of theater watching, and for those of you not up there, why not? If you're not up there, plan on doing it next year. It's the most incredible experience you'll ever have, just with the sheer amount on offer, and you'll be able to see some um, some blogs on our website, curtaincallonline.com. So go over there for some Edinburgh blogs. Uh, but now for this week's podcast. When you hear the two words, little voice, you might instantly think of Jane Horrocks, and rightly so. Uh, she played the iconic role of Laura, or Elvie, which shot her to international fame, starring alongside Michael Caine, Brenda Blevin, Jim Broadbent, and Ewan McGregor, with the film picking up a bucket load of nominations, including the Oscars, Golden Globes, and BAFTAs, just to name three. But the film was based on Jim Cartwright's play, The Rise and Fall of Little Voice, uh, which also starred Horrocks and was directed by Sam Mendes at the Royal National Theatre before transferring to the West End. And it's gone to have uh, numerous revivals uh, over the years. And this week, I talked to the company of the latest revival of The Rise and Fall of Little Voice, which begins playing at the Park Theatre later this month, where director Tom Ladder believes that despite being nearly 30 years old, the play absolutely stands up in today's fame-crazed, social-media-driven world. And also, this production boasts a real mother and daughter team and Sally George and Raffaella Hutchinson taking on the roles of Mari and LV. And they also had a little bit to say about what it's like in the rehearsal room, watching their family member being spoke to like, uh, well, they've never had to encounter before. Um, and just lastly, uh, just a little heads up, it was a hot, hot, hot day in London when we recorded this. So the windows are open. Uh, the car and street noise, clearly audible. Uh, the fan is on. So I thank you in advance for bearing with us all. Have a listen. Let's start Linda, with you, and we'll go around the table of what you play in the show, and um, you name it so people can hear you. So, I'm Linford, and I am playing the role of Billy. I'm Kevin, Kevin McMonagall, and I'm playing Ray Say, uh, an agent uh, who finds a little voice. Ooh, <laughs> um, I'm Jamie and I'm playing Sadie. I'm Raphaela and I'm playing Little Voice. Okay. And I'm playing Mari, Little Voice's mother, and I am Raffi's mother. <laughs> I, and I'm Tom and I'm the director. And I'm Sean and I'm Sean Prendergast and I'm playing Mr. Boo, who is a club owner and impresario. There you go. Um, thank you all for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. it this lovely um, just warehouse kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> and um, interesting uh, place to rehearse. But I love, I was saying to um, is that Emma. Emma came down and picked me up. Yeah, she said, I love kind of coming to 
non-traditional places to rehearse. It just brings a different feel to kind of kicks you out of your comfort zone. Like this is a theater; it's great. Um, I suppose, Tom, I really should ask why and how did this come about? You know, yeah, it, because it is. Can I say it's kind of a beloved piece of oh, theater, and so yeah. like it takes it's, it takes a little kind of takes some balls to kind of go, yeah, let's let's put this on, and you know. Well, it, it, um, I mean, I'm here largely because Sally came to me and said I want to do this and let's work together. Having worked together on something at Hampton Court last year, and as soon as I read the play, I went, "This is this." It feels like it could have been written this year, even though it's you know nearly well nearly thirty years old, wow. because some of the themes of it are so are so relevant, such to do with kind of celebrity and exploitation of people, and but also it's just really entertaining. So I think that's probably why. That combination of it being great fun, but also really potentially very powerful stuff, um, and just blindingly funny. Yeah. Like, what more do you want in a couple of hours of theatre than those than those three things? Really, and it, it is a play that comes with uh, reputation and expectation, and, and and people who might have seen previous productions or seen the film or whatever. So, the other kind of part of why was we wanted to make it really matter for 2018 yeah. um, and and uh, kind of see the legacy of the play but, but also see what else it can do yeah excellent it's just like saying that the baby isn't part of the so so what when you uh, not, what or Sally you know one what made it feel relevant to when you picked it up what was it in your head is it just a part that you wanted to play or was well, it something that, that yeah I got very close to playing it um, about a year ago um, and really, really to the wire and then, and then didn't end up playing it. But it, and it also kind of hung around, mm-hmm. you know, the one that got away and all oh, that would be, yeah, that would be nice. And then I had a, yeah, a couple of glasses of wine <laughs> and I thought, oh, it really was one of those light bulb things. Yeah. I'm thinking sometimes when something is right under your nose, you don't realise. And I thought, my God, Raffi, she's yeah. just so right. And we've worked together before on telly but, and I played her mum and she was young um, much younger but I and, and because Ralph's a singer actress I thought wow this is so right for her mm. and I was kind of kicking myself that I didn't suggest her when I got close you know it was that mm. kind of thing and then and then it sort of hung around and then um, you know spoke to Jez and he thought it was a fabulous idea I just worked with Tom on um or any director who, who cast me as Queen Elizabeth. She's <laughs> great in my book. But yeah, and I, I, I had a brilliant time on that. It was a Christmas show. It wasn't very long, unfortunately. Yeah. We, we didn't have many actual shows, did we? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was not enough. And um, so I, I, but I could just, I thought, oh, I've got to work with this guy again yeah. uh, before he becomes, you know, stratospheric in the next Sam Mendes. Because he will. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, then the just it was just too exciting. Uh, the the idea of, of doing it then with Rafi, I just was so glad I didn't ever do it anywhere else. Mm. And um, and Rafi, like she t- totally owed you one by not yeah. suggesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like? Well, I don't know what it's yeah, like. Yeah, uh, entering the rehearsal process. I mean, how how long ago did you know that she was that Sally was kind of going? Well, um, we should do this together. Yeah. Mum came to me with the idea, and I actually didn't know the play. And then I read it and watched the film and everything, and I was like, "Right, we're all right. It's the the perfect part for me." Um, and yeah, I think we've worked together, but not not for a long time since I was like a kid. And maybe I was a little like, "Oh, how's it going to work working with my mum?" But it's actually been 
really, really amazing, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the thing we did on telly, I played another wicked mother <laughs> who was poisoning her and had a really, <laughs> the really... The theme of evil mother. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, not like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm doing it again. I'm like, oh gosh, she really is awful. And I'm, you know, I'm struggling sometimes with just quite how brutal Mari is. Yeah. Especially when it's your actual girl. Yeah. Or, or when I'm watching Ray, you know, watching Kevin's yeah. character. Be, I'm give away the story for people who don't know the story of Little Boys, but yeah, it's just some really, really, especially towards the end, mm. some difficult stuff to mm. watch yeah. as a mother. Yeah. Similarly, I find it really hard when, you know, Someone's laying into you. I'm like, don't speak to like that. <laughs> <laughs> Watching her stumble drunkenly out of the stage, though, is Yeah, well, I'm used to yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's every Friday night. <laughs> That's great. And, um, how, and you know, how about everybody else? I mean, was it something that was on your radar, or did it just kind of when it came out of the blue, did you think? This is it, you know. This is a good because also the Park Theatre. We love the Park Theatre. It's a great place to play, you know. Um, great little theatre. Um, no, I, uh, I wasn't aware of it. <coughs> well, I was aware of the play, uh, yeah, yeah. but I'd never seen it, and I'd never seen the film. And uh, so I read it the first time when, uh, when Sally sent me the, a copy of it, and uh, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so yeah, here we go. <laughs> Maybe. So uh, yeah, I thought. It, it, also, I thought oh, I could have good fun with this mm. uh, fella, and uh, didn't never really know what character to your. Uh, you start to get properly involved with them and I don't think you've ever you ever really understand a play until you've actually gone around the block with it and so uh, so still learning still learning a lot to learn I think and not until it's at speed and probably in production will have to make proper sense about why what really motivates these these people they're also kind of uh, uh, almost well, not very they're not really very nice in a way <laughs> but this, but but, uh, but then they of course they absolutely are mm-hmm. and, uh, they yes. do you think would the audiences will recognize a bit more if they if they you know with exploitation in today's even like the social media the instant fame the the kind of the Love Island fame that comes the voice, you know, where you just literally, the voice yeah. literally thrown away. You know, um, do you think there's a bit more scope for identification with audiences? Or I think so. I think the, these kind of talent shows we see on television now were happening way back in you know the seventies when we we're setting this, or the eighties, the nineties, but less less Saturday night entertainment level. Right. You know, um, and I think that that theme we combine that with the noise of social media and divisive arguments, you know, we can't seem to have a conversation with someone we disagree with anymore without it turning into some kind of shouting match and full of insults. And so that thing about finding your voice in a really noisy world, I think, yeah. is what makes it so now, this play. Because that's the key thing, is how does someone find their really honest, true voice in a world where either they're being shouted down or told to speak in a way they should, that, they, that isn't them or, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So um, I think that's probably why... It's, it feels so now, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if it was now, probably we would be, uh, well, Ray and Mr. Boo and Mari follow the suit, would probably be shoving her on the X Factor or mm. the voice. Mm. Or, and the equivalent then was at the end of the 70s or even the 80s when, when it's set, 89, 90, um, we're setting it earlier. But that it would have been, you know, the club circuit was how you got 
the brains mm. and where, yeah. where these guys came yeah, from. You would have been looking for uh, uh, opportunity knocks and new faces yeah. or one of those kind of TV talent yeah. slots that could... Uh, Lena Zavaroni, all of that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny, I mean, listening to uh, Pam Ears the other day, that was an mm. uh, opportunity knocks that did for her. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. As a poet. You know, I mean, it was proper variety, wasn't it? Yeah. There's also something interesting about a group of people who aren't really that talented themselves trying to live off somebody else's real true talent. And we see this nowadays people who are famous or or, or kind of considered or celebrated for what they do and they're not really that talented. (laughs) And then the person who is really talented, who's got this amazing talent, just is it for themselves and they don't don't want to She doesn't even want to be famous. Everyone around her wants her to be so that they can kind of get something off the back of it and yeah. she doesn't she has no interest in being famous and she's been pushed into it and it's it's worth recognising that the, the sexual politics of, of, of obviously the Maori but essentially the male ca- two of the male characters looking to a young woman for t- to exploit for their own ends has also got layers and mirrors with things mm. that are happening well all through every generation but mm. that are so in their consciousness now that um, it's not overtly about that but it feels that that's in there as well about that that, that kind of the gender politics of that and it is a Cinderella story, you know, I know that is quoted, and, and that's, like, I'm not the first person to say that, you know, it, it's, it's been described as that, but, you know, you have, you do have Billy, the kind of handsome prince coming along, you've got the wicked mother, stepmother, you've got, you know, the, the, the person who comes, the two kind of villains who come and corrupt. The ugly sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the the <laughs> And you've got, yeah, and Sadie's character, um, Jamie's character, Sadie, is, is just fascinating because yeah. she's like LV, they're both so silent, but the silence speaks. In some ways, the silence is the loudest yeah. person. Mm. Yeah. Of course, it's a powerful thing. Um, and what are, I mean, this is, it's, it's kind of classified, but it's a play with the music. It's not really, I mean, the music is, you know, it's of a style, of a style of Judy Garland or, you know, whoever, you know, she was developed or whatever. Um, so, kind of the approach, has it been, a play approach is there like been a musical the music rehearsals because I always find it fascinating when you go into a rehearsal you kind of go well you know this this has got to be solid and let's get this done out of the way embedded whatever and let's get on with the characters because the, with a play with music you know sometimes you don't just nail it it kind of goes it can, it can fall away a little bit or you know, how, how what's the approach been to rehearsals in, in kind of that Sense. Yeah, I mean, um, I've never directed a play with songs before, play or, or a musical or anything like that. So it's very much been about making it a story. The story comes first, and the play. Um, we've got a brilliant, brilliant team. We've got Jen White as our musical director, and the wonderful Anita Dobson um, as well, uh, helping with kind of co-direct and associate direct for, for Rafi with those club performances. And, and so there's been a lot of time spent on that. But it's always about how that serves the story through through the whole through the whole narrative. So yeah, absolutely, you've got to give those time a lot of the, those moments so much attention because they are some of the most memorable moments of the play. Mm. Um, but uh, I see it as just such a, such a cracking story that those are just another element of. You know. And they kind of come from. What I was interested in is watching it played from LV from the, uh, the truth of LV becoming. The, these people rather yeah. than an impressionist or somebody just laying them on top and I think well I shouldn't speak for Rafi because Rafi's playing LV but 
that is so much more interesting to have a theatre director like Tom, mm. who <coughs> comes from that background, I think, watching the way you work with Rafi. Not that, that anything against musical theatre direction or, or people who do more of that, but it just seems to be the right way round. Mm. Yeah. Rather than coming yeah, in. Yeah, sure. And in that vein as well, like what was. What were the impressions? I don't like to say impressions. Is it you know what was the sing? Because they're different singing styles, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so I just I kind of did. I tried to do what LV had done, which is just listen to those singers again and again, so that there's so much in her. It's not that she's trying to impersonate them. It's not like she she just sort of does it to feel connected to her dad that was something that they did together listen to those singers and so yeah I did I didn't I'm not from a musical theatre background so I didn't come at it that way I just sort of tried to um yeah kind of surround myself with those singers and, and look at it that way excellent you guys all have different accents as well like I'm trying to place it you know I, I hear Geordie, Geordie, yeah, well done. Uh, and uh, well, I'm a Newcastle fan, you see. So I went, oh, to, I went, to, I went to Durham University. You might, good, so, good lad, no, no, uh, and, and, uh, So my my boys and I are, are, are Magpie fans, and just basically used to disappointment every year. So, um, <laughs> uh, but there, I hear a range of accents. I mean, now I know that some of you worked before together. Have Have you guys worked together? With has there been any kind of connection with you? I no, I've never worked with. Anyone from the cast before? Yeah. So this is a new experience for me, yeah. and I never have either. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've it, with you work with Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie, yeah. I've always worked with Kevin. Yeah. So it, when you come into a place uh, as well, when you have um, people who have worked together before, you know, I know that it can sometimes feel like you're joining a family. But I mean, obviously, you guys are lovely people, so it would be joining a nice family. It's not like. It's not like The Shining or anything. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I won't no, it's great. It's been wonderful. <laughs> no, it's lovely coming in. It's been really nice because some people do know each other, but those of us who didn't have fitted in very quickly. And it's, it's such a great play. It's such a very a, a strong piece. And at the heart of it is this amazing relationship between the mother and daughter, which kind of everyone else revolves around. Uh, and, and because you've got a real mum and, da- uh, mum and daughter playing that, <coughs> then that kind of, that off-screen, off-stage family quality, which is very embracing, uh, is as embracing off-stage as it is alienating on-stage. Mm-hmm. You know? it's, but it's a fascinating game. One of the interesting things about doing it in the 70s is that the 70s was, and I'm one of the few people in the cast old enough to remember it, <laughs> but the 70s, I was at college in the 70s, and... You were talking about Thatcherism at a time of when there was a brutal aspiration. It was absolutely brutal yeah. to to society and the way society was going, which very sadly is is entirely contemporary. Um, mm. So I think that's one of the reasons the play works so well. And despite the fact that it's set in the seventies, that we've set it in the seventies, it, it is an utterly contemporary piece. Mm. And and I, I'd done the play before. I'm one of the few people that actually did done the play before, playing the same role but in a very different production and in a much larger space. And it's really interesting to do it in what will be a much smaller space, a more intimate space, because ultimately it's an intimate play. Mm-hmm. It has theatricality, which can make it seem sort of 
because of Jim Cartwright's extraordinary writing, mm. it can feel like a very big piece. But in fact, it's also a very intimate piece. And it's lovely to think we'll be doing it in a theatre whereby you can actually relate to people. Yeah. And as, as the guy who plays a, a club owner and the kind of MC, it's, it's great to feel that we're doing it in a space which is much more like a club. Mm. And it has that nightclub, working men's club feel. And I was brought up in those places. That's Finsbury so Park I, I for you. Pardon? That's Finsbury Park for you. That's, well, that, well, that is the Park Theatre. That's the beauty yeah. of the Park Theatre. Is that it, has a, it has an extraordinary dynamic, an yeah. extraordinary dimension. Yeah. And to play that stage is to really feel you can reach out and touch the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And also I think the poetry of Jim's writing, for me, as an actor, you very rarely get that, apart from Shakespeare... Burkhoff, you know, occasionally you, 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 you do with a contemporary writer get the same buzz you get speaking Shakespeare, or for me, just personally. Mm-hmm. But Cartwright gives you that, but he gives you that in a way you, you realise you're speaking really heightened language, and then you suddenly think, but actually my nan talks like that, you know, I'm from home, I'm from Yorkshire. And, and um, you know, lines like suddenly saying, I beseech you, or something like mm-hmm. that. Just because these people aren't posh yeah. doesn't mean that we, we don't we don't speak well or yeah. use you know use, use language use words yeah. 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 use language well yeah. with with alacrity and, and, and thought and depth yeah. mm. and I think that's what I find the most exciting thing to be up on the, its feet with it or even at the reading mm. right. and, so, and they're all characters even though they're in the gutter they're all looking at the stars mm. the things they're all aspirational there's not it's, it's not a play written about desperate working class people it's right, it, it, what's brilliant about Jim's writing is that he writes about people who are complex and not necessarily the nicest people in the world, but they all come from, a, 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 and despite the kind of heightened language, they come from a real place. They're mm-hmm. utterly identifiable characters. Certainly, I mean, from the world I come from, I recognise these characters absolutely as living in, you know, the North Shields mm-hmm. I came from, or the Glasgow that Ken came from, or the hole that Sally came from. Thank you know. They're, they're, they're really mm. recognisable working class characters, despite and I, that kind of heightened language. Yeah, as, as, a, as a middle class southerner, I think absolutely they've got that specificity, but there's something universal because it's such a family show. It's a series of so such rich personal and interpersonal relationships, and and yes, it feels like it's a big show. But I remember having a conversation with um, with a kind of director mentor. Um, who said, uh, I, I said it's basically a series of just two handers it's a series of small dialogues mm. so it's so intimate yeah. but the rich depth of it all is, is, is so so thrilling and really, really funny yeah one thing I've noticed is a lot like you've been talking about a lot is the, the story that's not written mm-hmm. so although it is very heavy in language there's a lot of there's a lot of things that aren't said mm. and there's little nods or little smiles and I think the fact that we're doing it in an intimate theatre mm. means that you know everyone will get to to see those subtleties, and I think that I think that's really important. I think we've tried really hard to find those moments that yeah. are really, you know slightly changing stage directions to yeah. say that. Do you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. So I think the part there is a good good space. For, yeah. You know, Personally, it's been a, really a challenge because Sadie is really quiet. In a different way than James. <laughs> and I'm what do you say, James? <laughs> but, like, um, you know, in a different way to LV, I think she's much more comfortable in the silence rather than kind of being forced to be quiet because of Mari. But, um, so, yeah, it's a challenge. And there's, like Liverpool said, there's so much story in what's, what she chooses not to say mm. and what she chooses when she does finally speak, what she's saying. And 
it's been really interesting just to find that. That's why I feel very blessed to be sitting around a table with six actors who can bring size and performance, kind of extrovert performance quality when required, but, mm. but also um, such story in doing very, very little and being able to be simple but really truthful on stage speaks volumes. So uh, they make my work much easier because they, they are able to, to, to occupy any part of that scale from massive scale performance down to something very filmic and intimate. Yeah. And as we've been saying, in the park theatre, hopefully both of those things will will yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. it's a great space, very massive. You know, I've seen so many productions. I've never worked in the. I've worked in the ninety. Yeah, I've never worked in the two hundred before, so I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, I've seen big shows, musicals. Yeah. You know, the last one I saw was in a Perspex box. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, no, no. yeah so yeah. that's brilliant. Um, finally, just what people? What can people expect to come and see when they come see you guys? Um, you know. Like I say, it is people will go ah, rise and fall, little voice that rings a bell. Jane Horrocks or, or Diane Vickers, you know, like you know things. It's been around. People may have. So what? What can they expect to see? This is like you know, it's a it's a new venue. It's a new, you know, it, it's a it's kind of for me. It just sounds like a very exciting production of a beloved play. But what what can they expect to see when they come to your your production? Relationships. I think the thing at the heart of this production is the relationships between the characters. And I think that that's, that focus, that intimacy that the, that the part affords, means that they'll be able to see a very human story. Mm. I think it's a really human story, a very moving one. Um, so for me, I think we'll, we'll have a, a damn good laugh. It's very um, funny. Pardon? It's very funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very funny, yeah. There's lots of good gags and lots of great lines. But I think it's also a story of... of of a relationship between the mother and daughter. And I think in that sense, it's a brilliantly written piece. It's a brilliantly written piece with two very you know, very fascinating female characters at the heart of it. Um, and I think in that sense, Jim's writing, you know, shines through and will, will entertain. Mm. For me, it's about heart. It's, uh, it's just full of heart. And hopefully people will, will go away in some way loving all of these characters, even for their unlovableness. Because yeah. there's something so so heartfelt about everything that every single one of the characters play is searching for some kind of joy. Um, and although we might look from the outside at that joy and judge it, say, "Well, why do you want to be, you're trying to just get money or whatever?" They're looking for joy, and they do that with, with their hearts full, and that's that's full of heart. This play. Yeah. See, I think what what is so wonderful about any great play, and I really would say it's definitely a great play. I suppose it's just a good play. Is that Every person, every good actor that comes to playing Alvi or Mari or Mr. Boo or Ray, if the play is good enough, and this is, you bring your own Alvi or you bring your own Mari. So this production isn't going to be like any other production we've ever seen right. in Little Voice because we are all so different, mm, mm. you know. And you've got to obviously you've got amazing people like Alison Stedman and yeah. Pete Postlethwaite, and you think, oh my god, oh my god, it's, it's, you know. I grew up with the reason I went to drama school, people yeah. like that. But then you think, no, but this is still relevant for me. I've got to find my Mari, and my girl's got to find her little voice, and, you know, watching Linford be his true, real Billy, mm. and all these actors in the room bringing their, their own stuff to it, rather than any mm. of all, all yeah. of that. And I think Tom mm. said that, I know, maybe you were saying that very, very early on. Like, don't, don't dwell on what you've seen before, films all of that stuff because that'll just get in the way of your truth and you know 
I know Sean has played this role before, but I can just see and imagine already you're finding things. And doing oh, things yeah, it's a very different production. I mean, and and a, a, a very different uh, for me. I mean, a very different, Mr. Boo. But that's because it is a different production. Yeah. And it's it's about these characters, absolutely. And these characters are embodied by these people. Awesome. The words will be the same. I wouldn't back on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not with me on Okay, uh, the last one. Tom, when, when is it on? When, when does it uh, run through? When uh, can you come so we, see? we start preview from the 16th of August, run through to the 15th of September. We're on Mondays, to Saturdays, with matinees on Thursdays and Saturdays. Excellent. Uh, and uh, it's going to be, hopefully, brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, well, we've got a nice, relaxed performance as well so. well I'll put all this stuff in the show notes for everybody and thank you I really thank appreciate you. it thanks guys the company of the rise and fall of Little Voice soon to be seen on stage at the Park Theatre Finsbury Park here in London now before we wrap up if you are a theatre professional Head on over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a pretty cool password, uh, please don't use the word password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at, at Curtain Call. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned, or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com. That's John with an H. It leaves me to say a huge thank you to Sally George, Raphaela Hutchinson, Kevin McMonagall, Linford Johnson, Jamie Rosemonk, and Sean Pendergrast. The Rise and Fall of Little Voice plays at the Park Theatre from the 16th of August to the 15th of September. This is a superstar cast led by a fantastic director, and this is sure to be a revival you don't want to miss. So go and see it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theatre Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.